Thank you so much. Hello, Promise. Good morning. Good morning. What a blessing to be here with all of you this morning. We just wanted to honor Pastors Henry and Jackie. We understand yes. that they are watching online today. We love you guys. We love you guys. We miss you. Yes, and we want to honor uh, Pastor Cindy and Terry, and um, we love you guys so much. And uh, when listen, there aren't many times in your life where you have a friend that you can laugh and speak in tongues and pray and cry all within a dinner. And she is one of <laughs> those one friends meal. for me in one meal. And so I love you. And I'm just so excited that we get to be here with you this yes, morning with you. all of you. So thanks for letting us come. And we also just wanted to honor, uh, like we said, Pastors Henry and Jackie, because one of the things that we have, Carrie and I have noticed we, if you, uh, you want to show the first picture, we have a long history at the Promise Church. And so this is a picture of our youngest son who's sitting over there now. He has a mohawk and he's 12 years well, old. Well, they both have a mohawk, but the oldest one. Yeah, yes. our two boys. But this he is in 2011. He had one there too. Look it. He had a mohawk there. Yeah. Okay. I started that early. But we grew up in this church, and uh, our, our boys grew up in this church. We were literally doing worship rehearsal, and our, our oldest son learned how to walk in the hallways. We remember he'd walk in in the walker. Yeah. Uh, usher would, like, Liam would try to escape out the you back remember? door. Yeah, and then and the he would usher escape, would just pick up his walker and bring him back in. And the usher would pick him up and bring him back in. And I'm like, oh, so, there he is. He's fine. The so this is, this is a family church, yeah. and this is a church that is honored uh, for so many years that we want to honor back. And we just recognize uh, when it comes to faith, you know, when it comes to what, what I call enduring faith. When you're able to stand on a promise of God and not budge, even though the winds and the waves of life and the, the, the trials and tribulations of, of challenges are, are coming at you, Pastor Henry and Jackie have been yeah. one that have just really shown what it looks like to stand in faith. Yes. Amen? And so I just want to honor them and recognize that uh, they have set such an amazing example and such a high bar for us all to reach at. And uh, it's just, it's just so been such a beautiful So we're excited to come piece. back again and bring our boys a little bit older. And we have our, our second one here, too, and uh, Liam and Uriah. And so we're glad to be able to be here with all of you. And we're just excited for what the Holy Spirit is going to do. Just get your hearts ready because he is wanting to do something here today. Amen, amen. amen. All right, my wife is going to have a seat. I'm going to take over, and then she's going to come up in just a little bit. If you guys could, I'd love for you to open your Bibles up. In a minute, we're going to get started. We'll jump into Matthew chapter 14. But before we jump into that, I want to show you a picture real quick of, um, you know, Jesus. Let's talk about the life of Jesus for a minute. A lot of times we think about the humanity of Jesus. I love this picture because it, it uh, you have on the left here, you have a picture of just gorgeous Jesus, right? This super good-looking guy. Doesn't look anything like me. But uh, you've got this Jesus from the TV series, and then you have this little baby that's crying. And a lot of times I think about Jesus, and when we think about him, we have to think that he was 100% human, 100% God. And I love the point that, uh, that we can understand that Jesus was not born with a sin nature. His biological father was God the Father in heaven. He was born of a Virgin Mary. He lived a sinless life on the earth. And then he came. The Bible says that he had no supernatural abilities until the Holy Spirit came and rested upon him. At the age of 30, when John the Baptist baptized him in the water, the Holy Spirit rested upon him in power. And it was from that moment that he was able to walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit to operate in supernatural miracles, signs, and wonders. And it's such a beautiful example because for us, we do the same thing. Jesus walked the earth 
and did all the miracles that he performed, not as the son of God through his divine ability, but as a human surrendered to the anointing and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that's the example that he carries for us today. And so, you know, when we look at babies, we have two boys. I remember the first time our two boys were, were born. And, uh, you know, babies, including us, we're all born with sin natures, right? If you ever wonder about it, like, just all you have to do is go up to a baby when he has his binky in his mouth and pull it out of his mouth. Immediately that baby starts crying because all that they think about are their needs and what they want. They walk in through these pieces. And this is the nature that we're called to lay down. We're going to look at the life of Peter the apostle, Peter the disciple. And I love the process of surrender that Peter steps into as he walks as a disciple of Jesus. So we'll go to this next slide here. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's funny when we think about toddler Jesus. This is my favorite meme right here. You know, we think this is completely unscriptural. You know, Jesus actually was not able to walk on water as a baby, but it's still funny nonetheless. So here's toddler Jesus standing on the water, and his mom Mary is like, Get in, Jesus. And Jesus just defiantly standing there with his arms folded. That might have been our boys. That was not Jesus as a young one. But, you know, when we look at Jesus, he had no supernatural abilities. But he was able to hunger and thirst and read scripture. The scriptures talk about when he was even at the age of 12. They traveled to Jerusalem. And he was so enamored by the word. He was hungry for the word. So let's take our Bibles. We're going to go to chapter uh, 14 of the Gospel of Matthew. We'll go to the next slide. And uh, in this particular story, we're going to look at how Jesus walked on water. And this is a familiar story, but there's so much context in this. You could really look at this story from so many different angles. And I believe that there's a, a nugget of truth that the Lord wants to deposit in our hearts this morning. This particular story of uh, Jesus walking on water is mentioned in all three Gospels, minus the Gospel of Luke. Matthew, Mark, and John, they all give a little different perspective, but we're going to focus on Matthew chapter 14 today. Can we open up in prayer before we get started? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this house. And the Holy Spirit, even in this moment, we just pause, and we ask for your presence just to meet us in a powerful way. Would you illuminate your word? Would you be our teacher? Would you be our counselor? Jesus, we want to see you with fresh eyes of faith. We welcome you in this place in your name. Amen, amen. All right, so let's jump into some context. One of the things I love to do is when we're looking at Matthew in, uh, in chapter 14, Jesus if we kind of go back before this story of Jesus walking on the water, how did he get to this point? If you read earlier in the chapter of Matthew, Jesus just finished feeding the 5,000. Every miracle that Jesus performs was not him doing it as a demonstration of what he could do as the son of God. It was him doing it as a demonstration of what we can do walking in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The perfect example of that, if you read earlier in this chapter, Matthew 14, there's thousands of people that have gathered. They all are following Jesus everywhere he goes. They never left him alone. They're hungry for a miracle. They're hungry to hear the words of God. Jesus had compassion on their sick. And throughout the entire day, he laid hands on the sick and he healed every single one of them. So he's doing this gigantic healing ministry the entire day up until the evening. And then the disciples, they identify a problem. The problem is a natural need. Everybody's hungry. So I get hungry. Everybody gets hungry. So they recognize there's a huge crowd, and they go, hey, Jesus, there's a problem. 
All of these people have been with us the entire day. They're hungry, and we're in a very remote place. We're very far away. And what was Jesus' response? I love this response, and we miss it so many times. Jesus turns, and he looks at the disciples, and he says, you feed them. Think about that. Jesus wasn't being sarcastic. He didn't have, uh, he, he wasn't trying to like play a joke on the disciples. I believe at that moment, Jesus was literally giving them an invitation to step into the supernatural and say, you can do it too. Anything Jesus did, he was saying, you can do this also. Why would Jesus say to the disciples when the waves were crashing over the boat and Jesus is napping in the back of the boat and they wake Jesus up and they say, Jesus, don't you care? We're about to drown. And he silences the wind and he silences the storm. And then he turns to his disciples and he says, why did you doubt? You have little faith. In other words, you can step into this realm of supernatural in the same way that I have been, in the same way that I've been demonstrating. So Jesus demonstrates this truth with the crowd and he says, you feed them. We get to walk in his anointing. Same thing. So Peter is beginning to start catching on. You know, Peter was a little slow. I like to relate with Peter because he, a lot of times he put his foot in his mouth, but Peter was also one that would just take bold, risky faith moves. And he would step out. And I love this story. So now we're going into the context. Jesus finishes feeding the 5,000. And we're looking in, John, in uh, Matthew chapter 14. We're going to be in verse 22. We'll put this first verse up. It says, immediately Jesus made, now in the King James Version, the word in Greek, that word made, can also be translated as constrained or compelled. Jesus had to compel the disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him into the other side while he dismissed the crowd. I find this interesting because when Jesus was compelling the disciples, in other words, the disciples were probably arguing with Jesus a little bit. As Jesus finished up a very long day, they look out on the horizon. They're at the Sea of Galilee. They look out and they see the waves coming in. They see the wind coming in. Peter, like Pastor Cindy said, Peter was a fisherman. This was his job. They were trained to look at the weather conditions and identify problems on the horizon that are coming. And I think there was a little bit of an argument or a little bit of a disagreement between the disciples and Jesus. The disciples who knew a lot about the ocean, who knew a lot about the Sea of Galilee, were probably like, hey, uh, Jesus, hey, look, 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 there's storms, there's clouds. He goes, they're probably like, I just don't think this is the wisest way to approach things. Jesus is telling the disciples to get in the boat, you go ahead, and what's Jesus going to do? He's just hanging out at the top of the mountain by himself. He's going to dismiss the crowd. He tells his disciples to go ahead and leave. They didn't have Uber back then. Jesus couldn't call an Uber and just, you know, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to catch a ride to the other side. He sends his disciples in the boat, and Jesus stays behind to dismiss the crowd. Verse 23, after he had dismissed the crowd, them, he went up to a mountainside by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. Sometimes when we follow God into certain areas of faith, it's going to offend our logic. It's going to offend the things that make natural sense to us. And I believe for some of us this morning, the Lord's been stirring some things in your hearts. He wants, he's calling you into things. And sometimes that step of obedience is offensive to our analytical minds. The ways that we think, the things that we think make sense. This is what is financially prudent, but God is leading me in this direction. 
I, I love the faith in this church, in this house, at the promise. We're a giving church, a generous church. Carrie and I were recipients of the generosity of this house. As we planted Multiply Church, this church body came around us and, and supported us as we stepped out in faith. There's things that God's calling you into that you have to be willing to offend your logical mind and just say, yes, Lord, I'm going to step into that anyways. Let's go to the next verse. But the boat, I love this. The boat was already a considerable distance from the land. I added in three and a half miles. If you take in some of the other context of the other gospel accounts, you'll see that the, the entire width of the lake is only about eight miles wide. So they're about three and a half miles into the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And the Bible said they were straining at the oars, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. They're straining against the oars. They're fighting against it. And then later in the evening, here comes Jesus. So we're going to jump ahead. Let's go one, one more verse ahead in verse 25. During the fourth watch of the night, this is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. So let's pause for a minute. I think sometimes we look at very familiar stories, and it's easy just to kind of rush through these pieces. I want you to place yourself in Jesus' shoes. Jesus had spent the entire evening praying with the Father, spending time with the Father, gaining what I'm referring to as a heavenly perspective on every earthly challenge. Jesus was getting the mind of God, the Father, in order to address the challenges that he faced every single day. I don't know if Jesus is planning. I'm a planner. I like to work things out. My wife is also a planner. When we did a family trip to Disney World, my wife had every single day planned out, every ride planned out, every meal planned out. It was all worked out to detail. But here comes Jesus, and I don't know if he planned on what he was going to do when he finally came down off the mountain. I'm sure he was sitting on the top of the mountain. He's looking down. He sees the disciples in the boat miles away in the middle of the ocean. And here comes Jesus, and he walks up. I believe this is what would happen. He would walk up to the edge, and he's standing on the edge of the shore. And imagine the kind of faith it takes for that very first step, for Jesus to, to take that first step, knowing there's water in front of you. Takes that first step, and it's firm, and he doesn't sink. That's the faith of our Savior. That's the faith that we step into because he's given us that access through the Holy Spirit. So here's Jesus. He takes that first step of faith onto firm water, and he begins to walk. The other gospel accounts say that as Jesus was beginning to walk towards the disciples, he was actually going to continue walking past them as if he was just going to go right ahead. And then they see him as he's walking through. But here's Jesus he takes the first step. He demonstrates to the disciples, this is what you can do. Let's go to the next verse. And this is where the faith application comes in. I love this. When the disciples saw Jesus walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost. They cried out in fear. Verse 27, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. And I love Peter's response because Peter got it. Peter understood that if Jesus can do it, I can do it. Matthew chapter 10, Jesus sent out all 12 disciples and he said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. Freely, I've, freely you have received, freely give. 
He's saying, if I have done these things, you get to walk in them also. It's the exact same application. Jesus is enabling and commissioning his disciples, do as I do. And Peter gets it. So Peter's the only disciple of the 12 that makes this statement and says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And then Jesus responds with come. I love that Peter even thought to ask the question. That Peter even thought to say, Lord, tell me to come. He was the only one that also took that first step of faith. Imagine how much uh, it offended the logic of the other 11 disciples for Jesus to sit on the edge of the boat, swing his legs over the edge, put his feet down on the water, and for that first moment, it was firm. It was firm. There's no ability in Peter to be able to walk on water, but because Jesus said, come, because Jesus demonstrated what I do, you can do. Peter took a step, and he took another step. We always focus on the fact that Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, and he sank into the water, and that is, there's an application in that, but I love the fact that Peter even tried. I love the fact that he's the first one that even did it. Nobody else did, and there's no other biblical record of anyone else walking on water. It's this creative miracle that Jesus just came up with on the spot, and because Peter saw Jesus do it, Peter's like, I can do it too. Because Jesus did it, I can do it too. Everyone say, I can do it too. If Jesus says you can do it, then you can do it too. We walk in his anointing. We walk in his authority. We walk in his power. So Jesus says, come. And Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on the water and came toward Jesus. Let's go to this last verse here. But when they saw the winds, Peter taking his eyes off of Christ, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand. He caught him. And he said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? I, I, I see that as a, a fathering statement where Jesus is encouraging us and calling us up. Saying, don't doubt. I said it. You can walk in it. You can walk in my anointing. You can walk in my power. Let's go to the next slide. So God has empowered us, every believer, to represent him through the Holy Spirit. One of the things that uh, has challenged Carrie and I during our church planting journey uh, over these last three years, um, our launch Sunday was the week that COVID had broken out and you were no longer allowed to meet in any public venues. So there was a challenge for us that we had to overcome, that we had to face, as every church, including this church, had to work through. And uh, we really felt like the Lord was leading us to, to begin meeting, and it was in March of 2020, and we had our lease lined up for the school. There was an elementary school in El Cajon that we had lined up. The print, we had a good relationship with the principal. Everything was ready. And uh, we had our launch Sunday on the books, all the signage. I mean, we ordered hundreds of signs and flyers. We knew the Amazon delivery guy by a first name basis because he just came to our house every single day and he would drop off all the equipment and we'd be assembling pieces of furniture and putting stuff together. Our garage was full. We were ready for our church launch. And then on that Tuesday when the announcement broke out, the school that we had our lease with called us and said, you can't meet at our school anymore. And so we were placed in this situation where we had to believe and say, God, what's next? What is that place of faith where you want us to step out because you told us to? 
Because you said, hey, this is something that I've called you toward, and God is calling us towards those same things when he puts us out there. And so we decided to uh, renovate our garage, and we turned our garage into a sanctuary. And uh, it's a little unorthodox, but uh, we added some carpet in our garage. Most people's garage in California is full of stuff, as was ours. So it took us quite a while to clear out all of our stuff and put things in storage. We added carpet. We put a sound system in there. We got our, our sound equipment. Everything was ready to go. And we just made an invitation to our neighborhood. And we just sent out invites to all of our neighbors. We said, hey, guys, come join us. We're going to worship the Lord in our neighborhood. And if you'd like to come do that with us, we would love to have you. And that first Sunday, we had a number of our neighbors come in. And our next door neighbor, who lives across the street from us, that we've been building relationship for a number of years, she, uh, she came. And over time, uh, we were able to celebrate and walk her into faith in Christ Jesus. She surrendered her heart to Jesus. On Easter Sunday, we took our entire church, opened the garage door up. We all walked out as a church body, closed the garage door because you got to keep things safe, right? And then we all walked, all like 40 of us, down the street. It, it was an odd sight. But we're walking down the street in the middle of our neighborhood to a house, four houses down, and we just baptized a bunch of folks in the backyard of somebody's pool. And those are those moments where we just, for us, we realized, God will make a way. He will bring provision. You step out in faith, and we can always know that he's going to move on our behalf. He's going to move. We're called to represent him. And so when we represent Jesus through the Holy Spirit, I love looking at through some of these verses. John 14, 12 says that we will do greater things. Jesus sets that bar. He says, all these things I've been doing, it's great. You're going to do even greater things. That's what he's called us to. John 20, 21, Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. That's for us. After Jesus rose from the dead, he's commissioning his disciples, saying, as the Father sent me, so I send you. 1 John 2, 6 says that we must walk as Jesus walked. 1 John 4, 17, as he is, so are we in this world. 1 Peter 2, 21 says that he is our example to follow. These are all cases for us to recognize. Because a lot of times we hold Jesus at a distance and we go, well, that was Jesus. Jesus could do that because he was the son of God. But Jesus continually held up the card of his humanity to show that we walk in his anointing. John chapter 6, I love that Jesus is talking through uh, actually, where Jesus is saying, I'm only human. He says, I have no abilities. I have no supernatural abilities in my own. Everything I do is through the Father. I love when we talk about the humanity of Jesus. John chapter 5, he says, I can do nothing by myself. That's 519 and verse 30. Jesus, imagine Jesus, the Son of God, saying, I can do nothing by myself. It's incredible when you think about it. Jesus, the Son of God, says, I can do nothing by myself. Philippians chapter 2 says that our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. He set aside his divinity to embrace our humanity, to demonstrate for us how we walk and how we move. So I asked my wife if she would, uh, if she would share a, a testimony from during our, our church planting days at Multiply, because, you know, we're not, 
One of the things I've recognized is we've always wanted to walk in, in greater anointing, greater supernatural power, as I believe all of us should. But our focus is always on Jesus. And we've said, Lord, we want to walk in anointing. We want to walk and see breakthrough for people around us. And this has to come on a very practical level, no matter what stage of life you're in. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you bring the atmosphere of heaven into your home with you. During lunchtime, if you're homeschooling your kids, if you're a, a business owner, you bring the atmosphere of heaven with you into your business place. Every single one of us, we carry the atmosphere of heaven. We carry heavenly perspectives to apply towards earthly challenges. And so my wife is, uh, I asked her to share a story of uh, just a miraculous breakthrough. And in, in, uh, I know it's just going to be powerful. Yeah. Thanks, babe. He's cute. <laughs> Sorry, it's not part of the sermon. Um, yeah, and understanding this, um, the kingdom perspective that he's been talking about, we also have to understand that we walk in kingdom authority as well. God gave Jesus the authority, and then Jesus gave us the authority. And I love how he says in Matthew 28, 18, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, has been given to you. And the next verse is my favorite. It starts out with, therefore, Go. Go and disciple. And David talked about it a little bit earlier in Matthew 10. Go and heal the sick. Go and raise the dead. Not go and, well, um, Lord, if you could, if you feel like it, if you think you could do it. It's, he said, go. Go and do these things. By the authority that I have given to you, go and heal the sick. So when we go and heal the sick with the authority, understanding our identity, having the lens of Jesus Christ, when we put that lens on, the heavenly lens, everything becomes different. We see things differently. We hear people differently. We love differently. And so we put on that lens and we understand that we carry the authority. And with the Holy Spirit inside, things shift when we come into the room. Things shift when you walk into a room and there's someone sick. Not because of who you are, but because of the authority that Jesus has given to you to heal the sick, to raise the dead. It means that we see the enemy's hand. We can see that. We can see that with the lens on. So we understand that things have to shift and we walk in that and that identity. Luke 10, 19 says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. And nothing will harm you. Everybody say nothing. nothing. Nothing will harm you. Not some things, not this will, not oh, nothing will harm you. And if we believe everything that is in the word of God, it sounds really nice and sweet to say, I believe the Bible. Do you believe everything that's in the Bible? Because if so, that means that you understand that putting hands on someone and believing for their healing, that it takes place because of the authority that you walk in in the name of Jesus. In August of 2021, um, I have a really good friend, and she was diagnosed with uh, third-stage uh, breast cancer. And this was uh, just out of the blue. It was so unexpected. And she's not really one that is, she doesn't, uh, 
really work in fear. She doesn't let it drive anything. She has five kids. So I think that's why. I'm pretty sure that's why. Um, but she, uh, she believes, she walks in this. And we got a phone call. David and I got a phone call from her um, in August. She was diagnosed in June. We got a phone call from her in August. And she said to me on the other end, I didn't even recognize her voice, if I'm being honest with you. And she said, Gary, 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 I, I, need, uh, I need you guys to come. I need you to come to my house and pray for me. I promise you that's how she sounded. And I was like, Heather? Because I saw it on my phone, but it just didn't sound like her. She said, I'm, I'm really afraid. They just said that I have COVID, and they sent me home, and, and I, I can't breathe. And, and like that, that's how she was talking to me. And I said, we're coming. We're on our way. So David and I got in the car, and uh, we headed to her house. And he felt like on the way up that we should just put on worship music. We're just going to worship. Because how many of you understand that worship takes the focus off of us and puts the focus on the Lord? We tap into this supernatural realm, reconnect with God on a different level. And it takes the focus on what the enemy, off of what the enemy is trying to tell you is truth. And you begin to understand God's truth. And you begin to see through the lens of Jesus in that moment. So we begin to worship in that car. And the Holy Spirit was, ooh, it was strong. I was like, just, just keep your focus on the wheel. Because, <laughs> you know, have you ever gotten in those moments where you're in your car, you're worshiping Jesus? I don't know where you guys do most of your worshiping or, you know, I do a lot in the shower. Um, I hear from the Holy Spirit a lot in the shower. I don't know. But maybe you hear differently in different places. We were in the car and the Holy Spirit was there. We're worshiping and we get there. And her husband also has been diagnosed with COVID. Five kids, both diagnosed, both sent home. One has cancer. So you can understand what, what we're walking into, right? You can understand how the fear factor is trying to rear its ugly head. But we understood who gives us authority and what that looks like. And when you walk in that, you understand that nothing will harm you. Nothing. So we get there. And the kids are out in the living room, and she's back in the bedroom, and, and Chris is out in one of the, they, they have a makeshift uh, space outside, so he's staying out there. He's not even inside. And so um, David and I walk into the room, and I just can still feel the feeling when I walked in that room. I, I, I remember feeling the, um, the heaviness the fear that, that was there in that moment. And she's laying on her stomach, because they tell you to lay on your stomach if, if you have um, COVID. So she's laying on her stomach. And David um, turns on worship music. So we're just going to fill that room with worship music. We're going to take what the enemy is trying to destroy in that moment, and we're going to turn our attention to Jesus. We're not going to give him any more attention. And so he put on the worship music, and I told her, she, she raised up, and she's like, I, 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 can't, I can't. I said, I don't want you to say anything. You don't need to talk. It's okay. We're just going to pray, and we're going to worship. Don't say anything. So she lays back down, and David and I turn on the worship music, and we start to just worship the Lord. 
I worship you, almighty God. There is none like you. We turn our eyes towards Jesus and off of the problem, what the enemy is trying to stir. And so we start worshiping. And she starts to move around a little bit. And, and, and she, she's like, can, can you help me turn over? Help me turn over. I want to turn over. So everything hurts, you guys. So I start to help her. And it's, it's, I'm helping her turn, right? But I don't want to. Everything is so, it's it just, everything's really, I'm trying to be careful. So she turns over. We get her on her back. And David uh, eventually is going to go out and pray with Chris. He said, I'm going to go out and pray with Chris. And I said, okay. And this is the picture that he took right before he walked out. So I just want you guys to see, I, I didn't know he took this picture. I'm glad he did now, but um, he took this picture. So we're worshiping and obviously I'm not saying zoom in, but if you were to zoom in, she looks like she has passed already. I'm just saying the look on her face. She's not able to breathe very well in this picture. She's not saying anything. And so David leaves the room and she's gone into what it seems like to me, uh, just a very deep sleep. And so I am like, okay, thank you, Lord. Thank you that she's resting now. Thank you, Lord. So I'm going to get up and go out, and I'm going to pray with the kids. I thought I'll just get up and go out. And all of a sudden, I start to um, see her mouth start to twitch like this. And she starts to move her head a little bit like this. And so I, I sit back down, and I'm, I'm, I'm watching her. And, and I'm, I sit back down on the side of the bed like this, and, and her body starts to do this, shift like this. But she won't open her mouth. She's just moving her mouth like this. And in that moment, something, something said to me, she's going to die. And I said, not on my watch. She's not dying right here with me right here. This isn't happening. No way. You know the whole not today, Satan? It was legit in that moment. I was like, not today, not with me. I mean, I know we're told to like raise the dead, but come on, you got to give me something here. And in that moment, I started to feel the fear creep in. Have you ever had that before where you had this, oh, I know I'm not supposed to feel this, but oh, and she starts to do it a little bit harder. And I was like, oh my gosh, what if I'm losing her? What do I do? What am I supposed to do? And I promise you within seconds, I know who it was. The Holy Spirit said, call it out. Call it out. And I kept hearing that. Call it out. Right now. Right now. Right now. So I put my hand and I was like, come out in the name of Jesus. I don't know what you are. I don't know what you're trying to take. Death, you will leave. COVID, you will leave right now in the name of Jesus. You know, he tells us that if you speak to the mountain and tell it to throw itself in the sea, it will throw itself in the sea. Why did he do that? Because you can speak to your problems and command them to leave by the authority that Jesus has given to you. And so I begin to tell, begin to tell this thing. Leave in the name of Jesus. Not if you feel like it. Nope, none of that. Leave right now in the name of Jesus, calling it out. She comes like, she, she's laying like this, and she's, she, she does like this, and I see her coming up, but she can't hardly move, and so I helped turn her. It all happened really quickly. I turned her over like this and on her side, and when I did, she went like that. I have to tell you guys. I have never seen that before in my life. I was like, oh, 
What just happened? <laughs> and she said, oh, oh my gosh. She said, they had my mouth. There was something pulling on my legs. And I was telling it, I was telling the Lord, please tell her to call it out. Please tell Carrie to call it out. I couldn't move my mouth. That's why her mouth was like this. Do you understand that the enemy and all of the enemy's little minions were not letting her go? It is because we understand and exercise our authority with our mouths that we are able to call out the demonic. They were able to call out healing. And so she said, oh my gosh, I, I just, I've never had anything like that. And she's talking. And all of a sudden I realized, I said, listen, you, you, can, you can talk. She was talking like this, like normal. And I was like, oh, praise the Lord. This is amazing. This is incredible. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced anything like that before, but I had read the scriptures I mean, I grew up with it. My dad was also a pastor. I know all of the things in the Sunday school and the really sweet felt boards and, you know, oh, here's the boat and here's Peter. I know all the things, but when you understand it and you actually walk in it and you exercise it, then you get to see the fruit. And that's what happened. And in this next picture, I, I went and grabbed uh, David and Chris and I was like, you guys have to hear this story. This is amazing. And she wasn't able to sit up before, and I was like, take this picture because this is a documented miracle. I don't know what the enemy was trying to do that day. I have an idea, but I don't know exactly what his plan was. But because we were given the authority of Jesus Christ, and we were given kingdom perspective, and when you understand what that looks like, you walk that out, and this is the miracle that takes place. I'm just so grateful to the Lord. And she is, uh, she went through chemotherapy, and she is cancer-free. Full remission. Come on, Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm just going to have you stay up here with me, babe. It's such a good story. I love hearing stories that stir our faith. That causes us to believe and say, God, if you did it then, you can do it again. Right. The reason you, you share testimonies is because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Yes. That when you say he, he did it before, you're declaring prophetically that he'll do it again. Right. I'd love to end today's service with a, a, a chance for us to change our perspective this morning. I, I, when I was praying, and Carrie and I were standing here, we were doing prayer before service, and um, I just started praying. I said, God, what do you want to speak to this body today? And I felt like the Lord was saying, I, I want to shift their perspective off of some things that are going on horizontally, off of some challenges that we're all facing, and we're just going to shift our gaze, gain a heavenly perspective. And guys, I don't know, I know no other way to do that better than with worship. And the way I'd love for us to end, if, if it's okay, is if we can stand up, if we could play some uh, just kind of light music in the background, and we're going to shift our attention and our gaze onto Jesus for a few moments. And so if we could, if we just lift up our voices to the Lord, just begin to lift up praise to him, just begin to just give him the adoration of your heart. Father, we honor you. We give you glory. We give you praise today, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus.
Thank you, Lord. We worship you. Father, we ask that you would give us divine perspective on every challenge that we face here on earth today. I believe there's some financial uh, difficulties that some of you are, are, are struggling through right now. And I believe that God is just speaking words of provision, promise over you right now. And it's one thing to read it and believe it. It's another thing to speak it. And I feel like the Lord is saying, I want you to speak my promises over your finances. Speak his promises. Speak it out. Jesus, we shift our gaze and our focus upon you. We give you everything that we have. We give you everything that we have, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Thank Lord. you Jesus. I feel like there is someone here that you have, you have children, and one of your children needs to be set free from something. There is something happening in, in his or her life, and they need freedom from that. Yeah. If that's you, would you come down? If, if that resonates with you, one of your children needs set free from something. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He sets them free. Yes, he sets the captives free. Thank you, Amen. Lord. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, yes, Lord. Lord. Thank Lord, you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your freedom, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that in you there is freedom. Jesus, Jesus, Thank Jesus. you, Lord, there is freedom from addictions. Yeah, every addiction breaks. Jesus. Broken name. in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that there is thank freedom. Jesus. Freedom in what the enemy has said about these people. Thank you, Lord, that there is freedom in the name of Jesus. We speak freedom right now. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your freedom taking place. Thank you that the enemy's hands are being lifted off right now. Thank you, Lord God. We thank you for that freedom taking place. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. More, Lord, more. Thank you, Jesus. More, Jesus, right now. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for this beautiful woman of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I believe right now there's a grace in the room for us just to begin to speak God's word over every challenge, every situation. As we worship and we shift our focus onto him, ask the Holy Spirit to give you a word from, from scripture that you speak in faith. We speak in faith. We thank you, Lord. We declare healing over every body that's broken right now. If you need physical healing, just begin to touch that area that's in pain. Touch that area right now that's, that doesn't have full mobility. Lord, we release healing in this room in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that you are the miracle worker. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. More, Lord. More, more, more. More, more, more. More, Jesus. More. Thank you, Father. More, Lord, more, more, more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There's a sweet presence of the Lord in this room this morning. Lord, we're not in a rush to move on. We love you, Lord. We love your presence.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. The Lord's moving up here in the front. He's moving throughout the room. There's just a grace in this house today. There's a grace in this house today. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I also feel led to just extend our, our prayers and our faith toward everyone watching online this morning as well. That there might be some needs represented. You might be watching this video later this week in the future. And God is saying to you that you can stand on my word. You can stand on my word. So Father, we just pray right now for every person watching online. Holy Spirit, that you would rest upon them in power right now. God, you would meet them in a powerful way. That as we come to a place of surrender, that Jesus, you would fill the room they're, they're sitting in. Holy Spirit, you would touch their hearts. Father, we pray you bring healing to brokenness. I feel there's a shoulder, there's a shoulder injury that the Lord is touching right now. And collectively, can we lift up Pastor Henry and Jackie today? Father, we want to bless them. We thank you for Pastors Henry and Jackie. Lord, that you would just touch their marriage. Lord, you would protect their finances. Lord, we speak blessing over this house and the legacy that they have built in this place. We speak blessing over them. We speak blessing over their family. Father, I pray for a supernatural strengthening in Henry's body right now. Lord, in his physical body, in his legs, in his back. Lord, every area where he would stand strong and tall right now in the name of Jesus. Infuse his physical body right now with your strength, your anointing. Lord, for the days ahead, there's a beautiful calling. Lord, the best is yet to come. You have called him for such a time as this. Lord, we bless him right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're going to hand things over to Pastor Cindy, and uh, it's been a pleasure and an honor ministering with you all this morning. We love you so much. Thank you so much, Pastors David and Carrie. That was awesome. Wasn't that good? So encouraging. Uh, well, I'm going to have my ministry team come forward if they're, as we dismiss you this morning. If you need prayer for anything, uh, whatever it might be, we're going to have our ministry team come up. And uh, they'll be happy to pray with you and stand in faith with you because we believe for miracles. Amen. This is a house of miracles. So come on, uh, ministry team, come down front for me, please, if you would. And um, uh, if you need prayer for anything, please come forward again. Thank you, Pastor David and Carrie, for that awesome word and sharing your heart. We enjoyed it thoroughly, didn't we? All right. And next Sunday, we're back with our band with Pastor Henry. It's going to be an awesome Sunday. Invite somebody to church. Amen. All right. We'll see you. Thank you, guys. Come on down front if you need ministry and have an awesome week.